Is this Mark Thackray Jr.? Yes. Is this Allison Marie Conway the first? It is. I'm so glad you randomly called. What a weird coincidence for for our second episode <laughs> of our hit podcast. Well, I mean, I don't like to brag, but um Oh, do I we know? I think we're doing pretty well. I think we're doing pretty well. We're on episode number two. Yes. We made it past how far we thought we would make it. Exactly. Exactly. And I have to apologize because uh, I was late, first of all. And second of all, uh, everyone in my house is on like a separate video conference or phone conference at the moment. So I'm hopefully not... Hope we're loud, connected, and I'm trying, <laughs> trying to figure out who belongs in what room. It's like such a weird time. It is. We all need our separate conference rooms in our own house. Yes, and it's like beyond. Like it's even beyond day. Now we're into these like things at nighttime. It's crazy. Yeah, we have our our social lives are now all digital. Yeah, and I guess that's why there's like a new podcast that comes out every five minutes. Truly, it sounds like a social dilemma, (laughs) if you will. I can always rely on you for the perfect segue. (laughs) That's what I'm here for. I'm so glad and I'm so grateful because my brain is fried right now. This whole week. It's I don't know. Week. It's been quite I, a week. Like, I know we could say that at the end of any week, but it just feels like it's been a week. Yes, I find. So, I did recently switch jobs. <gasps> was that this week? Was it your first week? It was my first week, or I started last Thursday. So, I've officially uh, what... been there a week. How is it? Congratulations. It's you going well. Um, but I'm realizing that I'm using the same small talk that I did in my last job <laughs> at this job. So I'll be like, uh, at least it's almost Friday. <laughs> Just things like that that are very transferable. Yes, there's there's like a couple of things that can kind of go anywhere. There's weather. Weather, yes. Just saying the day of the week. <laughs> Being like, uh, you know, Thursdays. Am I right? <laughs> thing it, it works. The sad thing. Well, it's funny because as you're saying this, I'm like, oh, Mark, don't be silly. And then I realized that just yesterday I said to somebody because I didn't know what else to say. And he was looking at me like, what do you have to say? Uh-oh. And I was like, Happy hump day, am I right? <laughs> right? It, it always works. It does. And also, how much do they really want from us? How much do we have to give? You never know how much they want, how much you're going to give. I I think I'm bad at small talk and very good at big talk. So, yeah, like I can't talk about or I'll pretend to talk about sports. And be like, oh. oh, what are they doing this season? 
But like really what I want to get into is like, <laughs> hey, what do you think happens after we die? <laughs> like stuff like that. Right. And you can't just randomly throw that stuff around. Right. Not at a new job, at least. Right. Or maybe I Not should. In a place where you should be sober. Maybe I should. Like. Could you imagine? <laughs> just the new employee. <laughs> Very philosophical. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Who's that new guy who's asking us, <laughs> asking yeah, us about nobody... death? And... <laughs> <laughs> nobody asks you what day it is anymore. <laughs> like, hey, Mark, you know what? Never mind. <laughs> forget it yeah hey mark you you enjoy that it seems like tell me real quick if you agree or disagree with the following idea okay there are two kinds of people in this world like there's the people who prefer the um surface talk like the, the uh small I, I don't mean to call it small talk yeah but the but they don't want to get into existential they don't want to get into anything like heavy yeah and then this is not part of who they are and then there's the other people who, who love that like I, who really can't be bothered with the small talk and they really crave the deeper conversations yes and I feel like we are both the latter. And that's yeah. and that's why we've made a podcast about it. Right. To invite light creatures into our universe. Yes. And it's like, how do we get all these people together? It, mm-hmm. It's a pretty big social dilemma. Yes. And I won't throw away your second attempt at steering the car. I wrote no. I want to get into this. I want to get into it. You wrote notes. Okay. Okay. Because, so First I'm just all, looking at it and I'm like, okay, this is <laughs> before I get big, off topic. Right. And you've got, and you, then you've got to worry about yourself plus myself. You have a really big job this week. <laughs> right. Because we oh. both forget things very easily. I imagine. Well, I, uh, had watched it right a while back right what that whatever that means in these times i don't know it was a week ago two weeks ago whatever and i was like i really want to discuss this with someone who's seen it and i thought so many people must have seen it but really no one in who i've spoken to has seen it so i was very grateful that you agreed to watch it and i'm curious like where you want to start with it huh What's your first note? <laughs> My first note is white guy with dreadlocks. <gasps> yes. So, okay. Mm-hmm. That, That's... I'm not going to say it's a red flag because live your life as you want to live it. <laughs> okay. But like, it, it raises some concerns in my mind. Okay. Okay, like what? Do you want to get into that, or you just want to leave it there? We'll just leave it there. Okay. I don't want to okay. get. I don't I... want to get into any more trouble than what we already are in our hit podcast. <laughs> we can't afford to tank our ratings at this. Point. Our target demo. 
is white guys with dreadlocks. Yeah. I forgot about that guy until you just started saying that. No, he had very good points and seemed very knowledgeable. Which mm-hmm. I, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't write down his name. No, me neither. But I can picture him so clearly in my mind. Yes, he, he resonates with you. Yes, he'll leave an impression. And I don't remember like who every per what company everybody was from for instance right so like should we set the scene should we set the scene for what this thing is the yeah. social dilemma let's give a read people haven't in case people haven't seen it and then also spoiler alerts because we're gonna like get into this and talk about what goes on in it right so yes if you haven't seen it and you really want to see it before you hear us talk about it then just Plus shut it podcast. all down Watch the movie and then pick pick back up right here. Yes, at minute um, nine and six seconds. Perfect. You're welcome, everybody. All right, so let's set the scene. It's been a while since I've... It, again, it's been a week since I've seen it, but I already... Yeah. Well, it's kind of like two things going on, right? Like they're splicing these interviews... With executive, former executives from Google, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Right. And they are interviewing them one one at a time, asking them questions, which they answer very honestly and thoughtfully, I thought. And then interspliced with those interviews is sort of like this simulated family. Right. Like this dramatization. Yes, that's exactly what it is. A dramatization of this family where I would say the youngest, the girl maybe is like 11 or 12. And then there's like a junior high school guy. Mm-hmm. And then the oldest girl, I guess, is maybe a senior in high school. Yeah. And then and then two parents. And there were a couple like random uncles and maybe neighbors. Yeah, that you couldn't really tell, but it's like this family dealing with the phones. Like it focuses at first on the phones and like the kids try to give up the phones and it's hard, if not impossible for them to do so. And then they sort of break down why it is that there's people running algorithms behind the scenes at Google to make sure that people spend more and more time on social media. Yes. Is that good? Is that set i it reminded me what the movie was about (laughs) okay good good so i'm gonna i'm Um, gonna give that review a 10 out of 10 all right thank you thank you so much and i didn't even write any notes but that that this whole this whole movie whatever you would call it Mm -hmm. journey just really affected me i really had some insights i didn't expect going into it yeah well what were some of your insights? Because I, I'm i not going to say... I thought the movie was interesting, but not... I wasn't struck... I wasn't shocked to my core. Or okay. Anything. But let me know. Okay. Maybe you will help, help me get there. Okay. Um, that's fair. I think the, the biggest thing that struck me was... And... Um, maybe it's because of the scene in the U.S. right now and, you know, the political scene and the divisiveness going on. Mm -hmm. 
but it it struck me how the uh, these bigger platforms like Google and Twitter and Facebook to a greater extent than I realized they thrive also on dividing sides dividing us up into us versus them because one of the highest forms of ways to engage people is to get them angry yeah like when they're when the they have this simulation where the guy is trying to get the kid to get back on his phone and they run all these simulations like what is the percentage of odds that the kid will pick up the phone and they do like if they put sports up there's a 67 percent chance the kid will pick up the phone but if they Mm. put up information about the love interest it's even more likely and then they get the kids to go to protests eventually because one of the most engaging ways to keep somebody on their phone is to pit them against some other cause and like he starts watching youtube videos and I don't know. I just, I, it never occurred to me so much that it's not just, for instance, Donald Trump trying to pit us against one another. It's even bigger than him. It's bigger than just our country. It's like these entire global platforms that put profit over people's mental health. Yeah. When that is wild. I, I don't know if I'm, I mean, what, if you don't mind me, how old were you when you, like, grew up with the internet? Because I remember having a computer when I was, like, or having the internet, rather, mm-hmm. maybe around, like, 10 or 12 area. Oh. So, like. You must, oh, well, I can tell you for sure, this is, like, what stands out in my mind is when I went away to college, it was 1996. Okay. And I was on campus at Penn State. And uh, it was like the first time, like, I remember the, the school said you can email your parents. Oh. And you would like go to a computer lab to use a computer. Nobody had a computer in the room right so we would go to a lab to use the computers and to email seemed just absolutely so fascinating yeah i i'll bet i mean i remember that when i was i think for me it was my introduction was uh aol instant messenger yep yes exactly right exactly right so that was that was the big thing i remember I remember that. In fact, um, so I guess that yeah, that was the that was the beginning for me. So 1996, but that was just email. Like I don't remember the internet. Was that a thing, or was email first? Uh, or was the internet give the internet makes give, email allowed? Yeah. But like, for instance, when we say internet, right? Like, what was it? Was it, it was mostly just it's chat emailing. Like, there wasn't like a Facebook wasn't even until oh four. Right, there was no social media until right. So, what were you even doing? 
what were we even doing on the internet? Right. We were just emailing each other like like idiots. <laughs> like, <laughs> we just take our quill pens and send emails <laughs> to each other. Dearest Allison, it has been a fortnight <laughs> since our last <laughs> since our last dial-up connection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i don't i mean i guess i remember what else we did i remember the email i don't i remember facebook um your sister my cousin kate i remember her saying like Allie, please for the love get on facebook oh she's the one who the one <laughs> She was talking about it, and now that was so long ago that I then got on Facebook, enjoyed Facebook, and now I'm not on Facebook because I can't. I I gave it up like many years ago. Five, six, seven years ago. Are you deleted entirely, or no? Because I can't get back in because it was also such an old email that I don't remember how to get into my Facebook account. So, like, I don't know what happens to that. It's just out there. Okay, huh? Which is kind of scary, right? Like, there's no you can't call Facebook. Yeah. You can't tell them to shut down. Down can't you can't be like Mark Zuckerberg. So, please give me give me my password. No, he doesn't give a damn as far as i could tell right he's he's selling our data he's selling your old data yeah exactly and now like like speaking of our podcast space trash and space junk right like there's all this like social media junk accounts out there like my account exists out there yeah with my photos my pictures and my comments yeah like and get to it i can't get to that's it. interesting because it's like facebook is now like our photo albums almost like i can see what i did back in high school and be like oh remember that yeah and it reminds you right doesn't it tell you like on this day mm-hmm. two years ago or whatever yeah it's it's how you reminisce right so essentially my entire you know, previous 16 years is wiped out. I don't have it. I have no memory. Wow. Um, oh. I'm a casualty <laughs> of Facebook. Or are you? Because you're off it now. Because... I don't miss it, I must tell you. Uh, yeah. Uh, I should say, I sometimes think about getting back on it. But I've heard, like, so many people have been getting in fights on Facebook about the social and cultural and political stuff. Yeah, that's that's what I do. You get in fights, I you? I leave strongly worded comments. Wow, that's so interesting. I'm, usually it's on very close friends of mine, which okay. I guess is interesting. Because I think if they're going to make, in my opinion, a fool of themselves, yes, then I'm going, like, in public, then I'm going to comment on them in public, put them back in their place, right. almost. <laughs> That's so funny. And I don't know why. I don't now, have the confidence that... to do that in person. 
I was you just read my mind I was gonna say in person are you someone like would you react differently never I would stand by I would (laughs) I would just let it you would not say you just let it happen. So there's something about the, the social media aspect of things that makes people bolder in a certain sense, maybe, or maybe, or yeah. would the person, like you said, you commented on a friend's post, would that friend have talked about that thing in public with you guys? Or are people posting things online they also wouldn't say in person? Huh? I think for me... Anyway, when I post a status, it's me trying yeah. to collect my thoughts. Okay. Like, about stuff like Black Lives Matter or the election. I want to mm-hmm. gather everything in my mind, my jumbled mind, what I want to say. Mm-hmm. Put it into one paragraph. And then okay. put it there to let other people know, let myself know. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know if I'm just fishing for likes or or what. Maybe I'm just hmm. a sheep in all of this. <laughs> but what do you mean by a sheep? That you're just doing it because everybody else is doing yes, it? Yes, in a sense. But I do get some sort of dopamine or some some brain chemicals from it, so... Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I think that's scientifically proven too that like that like <laughs> I'm saying the word like too much that likes are they stimulate the brain like it is like a reward mm-hmm. sort of reaction. And I have also heard that you're more likely to be addicted to that feeling if it is random and unpredictable huh so like if you knew that you were going to get a hundred likes on every post it wouldn't create the same feeling that's interesting so the sort of addictive euphoria is the not knowing like the rats that push a little lever if they push the lever and they get a pellet every time then they only push enough times to get full and then they stop but if they push the lever and it's one time they get it and then two times they don't and then once they get it and then two three and it's always a random amount then they'll keep pushing and like get obese or whatever oh wow they can't stop they can't stop because it's the randomness Sort of like, or when you play, like when you're gambling. Yeah. You don't always win, but they have you that. win enough times. You want that rush randomly. of winning. Yes. Thank you. That's exactly what I was trying uh, to say. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. I relate to that a lot. Oh, no, Allie. I need to get off Facebook. <laughs> no, no. I was just going to say now I'll get on because I want to hear your thoughts about all the things. <laughs> Ellie, we're no good for each other. Um, yeah, I hope we don't have to break up this whole podcast. That's, well, that's it. Two episodes in, and we're calling it. Get the hell away from me. <laughs> Our two separate podcasts now. <laughs> yeah. 
One is about social media and the other is about getting off social media. <laughs> well, that's part of the problem. That, in a nutshell, is the social dilemma uh... because you're you're in it. I mean, people want to say um, there's a really fascinating book called it's right here with me. It is titled Trick Mirror okay. by Gia, Gia Tolentino and she talks about this idea. It's a really, really good book for anyone who's listening and feels like getting into it. She's a New York Times uh, no, she writes for the New Yorker. She's fantastic very fascinating essayist and um all about like modern modern culture but she talks about this idea that even if you like someone like myself like oh i'm not on facebook right like i'm i'm out of that i don't i don't deal with facebook well yes you do in the in the sense that you haven't left the society that lives in with Facebook, yeah. right? Like everybody I know is Facebook. So everybody I know is influenced by their Facebook experience, which then influences my experience of them. So you're never really completely that, Yeah, removed. because it's like, I remember in, I guess, seventh and eighth grade, I, I didn't have a MySpace when everyone else did. <laughs> Oh my goodness, yes, and right. I but in a way I was like I didn't I didn't have a top eight or anything like that. I was just out of it completely. But I knew about mm-hmm. MySpace and like what needed to happen. And like I was <laughs> right. in a way I was part of MySpace culture because I was counter MySpace. See that? So the culture, the culture, and the counterculture, all sort of live within one yeah. another. Whoa, we're all we're all part of a bigger picture. That just blew my mind a little bit. <laughs> that's see, that's what I'm here for. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, there's no way out. Yeah, it's gonna exist no whether you out. like it or not. <laughs> like now. There's too much. It's like as soon as anything happens in the news, we all have to have an opinion on it. Like, uh, <gasps> yes. Like uh, when that balloon boy thing happened, that kid was stuck in a balloon. No one, no one needed it to happen, but we all had to have an opinion about like, oh, these parents are. <laughs> I don't even know. That I know what that is. Some a a baby got stuck this, in a balloon. It was. It ended up being a hoax. The whole thing. But it was oh, like geez. on the news. There was like this dad was practicing with weather balloons, and a boy climbed into it, and then it sailed off. Oh jeez! No, I never heard that. Oh my it lord! It was. It was all over the news. There were a lot of memes about it, and then. I wonder that must have been, I must have been off of like all social media. Like now I'm on Instagram right. and mm-hmm. Twitter. So it's yeah, it's very weird the whole social media thing. But even back then when I was first on the internet, I was always just warned like, 
oh, the internet's a very dangerous place. Don't do anything. Don't do anything. (laughs) (laughs) Just get on there, look around. Look, don't contribute in any way. So that's almost the mindset I go in with now, is that anything I put in there is permanent, more or less. Yeah, I've heard that too. And at the beginning of my sort of creative endeavors, mm-hmm. back in 07, 2007 was when I started my first right. blog. And I remember that, like, oh, whatever you do, like it lives, whatever you put on the internet lives forever. <laughs> like that's what, that's what the mind, the mantra or mindset was. And and the funny thing is that at some point I just thought, you know what? Screw it. So be it. Like, I'm not going to creatively censor myself because I'm afraid of cyberspace. Like, if I can't be a free thinking, free writing, free creating mm-hmm. artist in this digital space, then I shouldn't be in it yeah. at all. And I- so I kind of just put that out of my mind and I was like you know what if it lives forever so be it like what do I think I'm gonna someday become <clears throat> like such a big star <laughs> and then someone's gonna turn like but look what she said in oh thing is it's happening to people now that exact thing it, it's I wild I know. Um, I know you're right I mean you never think yeah. it'll be I mean you. there are it's like YouTubers. Um, have you heard of Shane Dawson? No. He did a whole bunch of sketch comedy back when I was like in high school. And oh. it was it was crude and a lot of it was racist. And, oh. and it was awful and terrible. And then he like I think this was like five or six years ago. He like rebranded completely and did like start doing documentaries about like other YouTubers who were like living rich and famous. And it was really interesting because it like got to know these people in their lives, but they were also there also. It's just like, living vicariously through rich people, I guess, which is going back on our reality TV thing. Oh yeah. Right. Well, what, what I think you said that was really interesting is also this idea of like rebranding, like everybody's a brand. Exactly. And I, I got caught up in that to a certain extent because I, you know, I, I had my poetry book coming out and my Instagram was like a certain look, you know what I mean? So I was like a brand so that I made sure that I had a certain, you know, I used certain flowers and certain pages and certain right. fonts. Very consistent. And that was part of branding myself and my work and it really did help in terms of I did really well on in in gathering a nice amount of audience 
But then what ended up happening eventually is that <clears throat> the very the very brand branding or whatever you may call it mm-hmm. that I did, I started to feel trapped inside. Like it was like you're only going to be popular if you have this certain look and stick with it. Yeah. You know? Because the minute you I broke out of that and did the thing I wanted to do, which was a different thing. Right. Then you're stuck. You explore something else. Then all of a sudden your numbers go down and your engagement goes down because people expect you to be a certain thing. And then when you stop being that thing, you're kind of out on your own again. But I would rather have done it that way. But it's just interesting now. Like I'm very leery of establishing another kind of brand type. Which is wild to think about because with uh shane dawson his rebranding worked and like mm-hmm. everyone loved watching his videos not knowing about his past mm-hmm. and then <gasps> recently oh. it all came back up to light on like on twitter through social media and stuff and now he's yep. issuing he issued an apology video and and then people oh. are saying, like, oh, no, it wasn't genuine or anything. So mm-hmm. it's like, you apologize, and it's still not good enough. Yeah. There's this whole authenticity thing that people expect and expect to feel in a certain right. way. And it's... I don't know what the solution is. Like, what would make me forgive him for for what he did mm-hmm. um, I mean I don't know if I have an answer to that but yeah but you th- yeah. it makes you think it makes you think when you or this idea of like if a certain musician does something or says something uh, that you disagree with politically or culturally but you're like oh but I like right. the music so can I still through their music or do I have to boycott the music or the film or whatever right can we separate the art from the artist right that is something I don't know if there will ever be an answer to or it'll be every individual decides for themselves yeah I think that's what it comes down to Mm -hmm. and it's Mm -hmm. and I feel like people aren't going to agree on it. And it's going to be. It's so interesting how many. These discussions that we're having now. Because of. Directly because of social media. What? Mm -hmm. Yes. It's like we comment on the comments on social media. It's wild. And you think about it like for yourself and myself. We participate in it as fans or supporters of other artists but then we also are artists ourselves doing our creative thing so we can see both sides whereas I feel like many people are experiencing only you know to be a fan of someone else they don't know what it's like to themselves be an artist putting their own stuff out there and how vulnerable that can definitely So we have a little bit of a different vantage point, I feel like. Like when you're putting your art out there, when you're writing your writing or Mm -hmm. whatever it is, 
you know, you know that your integrity is up to you and you're doing the best that you can, but you're going to make mistakes. Like I have learned that, especially over the past few years, trying to really delve into feminism and what that means and, um, you know, what that means to be aware of intersectional feminism and all of the vocabulary and all of the people speaking about these things. There's so much to learn. It's almost information overload for all of us. Yeah. And you're bound to mess up. If you really put yourself out there and are trying, you're going to mess up. And you know, like you were saying, I've seen a lot of artists, writers, poets, influencers, if you will call them that, um, you know, and they're chugging along and they're doing amazing and they have a ton of fans. And then all of a sudden, you know, they turn, they turn on them because like the influencer does. Right. They get canceled. Yes, that's exactly right. They get canceled. Cancel culture. Cancel culture. I think. <laughs> <laughs> what is? What does that? Mean? That just means like someone just says you're canceled. Yeah. And then that's I. It. I think it's a matter of. It's the people which people deserve to get canceled, is the question I, in my mind. Mm. Say, so, if you are okay, if you said a wrong thing, and. You you got can't and people called you out on it, and then you apologized and learned and clarified, and you're back in the team. Mm-hmm. Then I don't think you deserve okay. cancel getting canceled. But it's been people keep calling okay. you out, and you keep you keep saying no, I'm yes. right. That's when yes, that's the people who need to get canceled. And oftentimes, okay. and yeah. cancel culture doesn't really even do anything, almost. Um, right, like, but, right. The ramification is purely like right. psychological. Well, and I guess it's also financial if you're making a bunch of money on YouTube videos <laughs> and then you get canceled. Yeah. But the thing, they're going back to YouTube. <laughs> I watch. Yes. So there are a lot of people on YouTube who do like makeup tutorials. <gasps> that is my guilty obsession. I, I must tell you. don't watch any of them, but I do watch the drama yeah. channels that report on what these YouTubers mm-hmm. are doing. <laughs> I didn't even know that was um, a thing. But I. I tell you that like I will watch a woman put her makeup on yeah. for like 30 minutes. Which I watched it a couple times. It doesn't it doesn't interest me at all but it's fascinating just that people are into this. I love it. Oh my god. Mark. Yeah. Okay. Ready? I could I um, realized this sort of has to do a little bit with the social dilemma. So I was on, you know, you just get in this scroll on the Instagram and you just scroll and I would stop upon a video of a woman putting on face oil, right? These are like oils that they 
smear all over their faces. And it completely fascinates me for no good reason. Maybe because like in the 90s, it was everything I could do to get oil (laughs) off my face. And now... Now these women are like slathering eight different oils on their face. But I noticed that that a lot of them were coming up. And then I realized it was because Instagram knows that I'm fixated by these. So they put up more and more and more and more. And then lo and behold, I'm purchasing the face oils. I mean, it it worked perfectly on me. It worked perfectly. It's wild. I guess <laughs> the thing is crazy, and you don't even realize that. the thing is about the ads. I wish they worked mm-hmm. better for things I actually need in my life. <laughs> right, that's so true. Like, it's so true because they're playing to our lower instincts, right. not our higher instincts. Like, I wish it was like. Hey, Mark, like, I don't even know what product I would need at this point, but like, hey, Mark, you're having trouble shaving in the shower. Why don't you buy a shower mirror? I'd be like, yes. Thank you, Facebook. (gasps) Facebook. Okay. Yeah. And then whatever they're telling you on Facebook, they're telling you everything else, too. You know what I've heard that people will be speaking to one another like at the oh, dinner yeah. table about I don't know like buying mm-hmm. a kayak or something. And then they go on their computer And then they see ads for kayaks. On Yeah, and they're like they never typed it in. They only spoke they're about all it. Listening. At the because they never like the phone mic microphone mm-hmm. or whatever is never off or the seer the siri what's it called um yeah. alexa all those I have kinds my, of things i have my google have home about. right here yeah. do you uh, is that what you're talking on i can, can talk, talk to it them? like i can have have her set my alarms and all that but at the same time Again, I I do like to play with it and say like, oh, I wish I had, I wish I knew how much plane tickets to Hawaii were. And then I, I never get yeah. any ads for it. I think they know that I'm taunting. They know that I'm taunting them. <laughs> yeah. It's your tone of voice. He sounds a little... <laughs> They're like, how can I go without the ads, Mark? You really want to go to Hawaii? <laughs> Drop the sass. How about next time without the sarcasm? <laughs> oh, my Lord. Well, maybe that's true. Maybe it's maybe. figuring you out. The day, it, the day the ads start to show me things I actually need, that's when I'll be scared. <laughs> what was that? Yeah, it's like here's the most inexpensive but effective yeah. toothbrush. I'll be like, huh? Nobody would. Now show me wines online or some sort of magnetic. Right. Show me all the things I don't need. 
I don't need any of that stuff. But it's so it much is. fun to look I at. I own it so I can look at it all the time. Well, let me tell you. Okay. Maybe if we... Let's both tell each other the last splurge that we bought on Ooh. the internet. Like, randomly. Do you remember? Like, you didn't need it. You just were like, you know what? I'm going to treat Are we talking because of an ad? Or... Or just in general? Um... Just in general. But if I think about mine... Okay. okay. Mine was today... And I, I've been really good. My my splurge is very, very, very often books on Amazon. Like I have mm-hmm. so many books, and so I was trying to like have a budget because I'm like you can't just buy every book every time a book comes out that you like because I was getting like 25 books a month. It was crazy. You can't. You can't even read that much, you know. Like I, even I can't read that much. So uh, I was being really good, but I kept seeing Jerry Seinfeld on all these talk shows because he just came out with a book. I did Did you hear about his new book? Well, it is called "Is This Anything." (laughs) That's great. (laughs) It's so perfect, and here. This man has, like, since his first day walking on the stand-up comedy stage in New York City, Catch a Rising Star, I think it was called, he has written bits on yellow legal pads. Like, that's has, has been his thing his whole life. So, for 45 years, he would write bits on yellow legal pad paper. He has kept every single piece of paper that he ever My wrote goodness. a bit on that worked yes so that is what this book is it's like you he sort of you follow him through his career um, at, at different stand-up nightclubs and then it's interspliced with all of these wow, bits that, that sounds ever worked for him it's so fascinating he to me is such a fascinating person. Every time I see him, I stop yeah. what I'm doing and I listen to what he's So, saying. fun fact, Jerry Seinfeld was canceled. Yeah. Yep. Oh, no. Really? Um, but wait, I well, just want to look. Well, can you separate the art from the artist? Yes, <laughs> because I already gave him my money. Well, there's your answer, folks. <laughs> okay. This is the perfect um, example of separate the art from the artist. So, because I did not know that Sarah was canceled. So, I'm an unwitting participant in this whole scene. It's terrifying how much we don't know, but is out there. Well, I'm not very good at knowing who's canceled. I... (laughs) <laughs> obviously <laughs> I think he was what was he cancelled for I think at one point in his career he was dating a girl who was 17 
Or maybe she was, uh, I don't know if she was 17 or 18, but he was still, like, mm. 40s. Mm. So it was still icky. Mm. Okay. Well, I mean, well, if, anyth- if nothing else, it will be fascinating to hear about his career during that time. <laughs> is this anything? Is, is it? <laughs> I don't I don't know. I mean to be honest with you, I, I If you're not going to read it, I'll I'll take I'll take it off your yeah. hands. No, I'll definitely give it to you, but I'm definitely reading it cuz let me tell you something. I was I couldn't uh, I could not hold my laughter in even just reading off the page. Like these bits are hilarious written down, let alone that he could do a stand up with them. Like that's such a gift in my opinion, to be able to write something down. Yeah. That makes sense. That is laugh. not at all. That's not easy. So in this book, he breaks down, like, what makes a joke funny? Like, why are certain things funny? Because he was obsessed with it. Like, he was like, why are certain things funny? What is it about the thing? And he's not ever, like, crude. Right. Or His comedy is pretty quote, quote, straightforward. It's never, it's never like, haha, all the women. Yeah. <laughs> no it's literally like are we out of milk like do we need milk I don't remember you buy more milk because if you come home and you didn't have any but then you come home and you already had it and you bought more milk and then milk goes bad but how do you know if it went bad like what does it smell like if it's bad what is milk (laughs) supposed to smell like (laughs) like it just all these like random Random, regular, I, everyday things. I do like that because that's the those are the kind of comedians I like. In general, like Dimitri mm-hmm, Martin, mm-hmm. was that in a little bit? I think, or was he? He was very. Yeah, I remember him. I just thought he was very dry humor. Yeah. I just I forgot. About I just him. listened to his album recently. Because. Huh. Uh, um, I've been trying to incorporate more comedy specials into my life. Get back. Get back oh, into cool. it. Stay tuned. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how awesome. that's going to work during well, COVID. <laughs> you can't really do stand-up comedy wow. during during the, during the social distance. Uh, I mean... Yeah, I could for my same. two roommates, but I don't know. They might be hecklers. <laughs> right. I met them. They're totally hecklers. <laughs> um, I, I think Jerry Seinfeld said this the same thing. Like they were like, you could do stand up now and just do it virtually, and he's like, nope. I refuse. Like, I'm not doing this until I can get back in the room yeah. in front of people. Because 
you definitely need that from the few times i've done it you need that feedback the which jokes are making people Mm. laugh what's not yes he said that when you get the laughs it is like the feeling of all the best drugs like any addiction you could have wouldn't feel as good as that so he's pretty like he's like i need comedy like it's so it's such a rush for him maybe maybe we should have rehab centers for comedians oh my (laughs) gosh that's a really good idea actually that's a really good idea like how to how to live without laughter yeah that's a very interesting thought and it's probably like well he says like he still every single week goes to some club and does something because he has to he's like i just need it yeah it's that important to me yeah and i mean it is a way to communicate with the world it is his art Yeah, and he loves hanging out with other comedians. So I do. I do do enjoy hanging out with other funny people. When I'm with them, it's just yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels more now like you're a funny person. The conversation just flows a lot better. Yeah, well, there's some sort, there's like a volley to it. Like, it's like you set something up and you're never quite sure how the other person's gonna come at it, but it's, it's always different and, and random. And like, it's, I think it's funny when somebody says something that you didn't think of. Exactly. Yes. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) There's, a formula i guess there is some sort of formula and there's like certain scenarios that are just funny objectively or certain words that are just funny like there's if you have the ability to pay that close attention to things you'll pick up you'll pick up on the subtle hilarity in any given moment you need to anything can be funny feel and then yeah true but then, is anything really funny? These are <laughs> yes. Some things. Are the things I think about, funny. like, like how um, jokes can be offensive. Uh, jokes can be offensive, obviously. But yes. even jokes that we think aren't offensive, can they be offensive? Why Why did the chicken... So if we ask why did the chicken cross the road to get to the other side, we don't know if we're going to be triggering someone who's, mm. whose dad was killed in a freak chicken accident. <laughs> I love how you said not cross the street. It's a ch- <laughs> They weren't injured by crossing the street. They were injured because <laughs> somehow a chicken was involved. You never know. <laughs> well, right. I mean, let's not make we assumptions. Should, as we shouldn't. 
as no one should. But the thing about comedy is that it's so much about assumptions. You're assuming that so many people will relate to how you feel or what you think about right. something. Like you're gambling on that. And that's why gambling and likes and laughs are an addiction. Yes, because you don't know if it's going to work until you try it out. And the and probably I've never done stand up, but I have a secret wish to do it because it seems so hard to me. But I could only imagine like that not knowing until the minute you say it. Like right. the immediacy. It's just <clears throat> when you're up on the stage, you're in the mic. That's- the mic and the mic, like, mm-hmm. you hear your own voice through the amp. That's the worst feeling to me. Oh, man. Would, oh, that yeah. happens when to you, you sometimes? Like, even when you're going up to karaoke and, like, you hear yourself singing and you're like, uh-huh. oh, is that what I sound like? Yeah, yeah. I hate but that. But if people laugh, then then it all goes away. But then when they don't, you're stuck yeah. with the sound of your own voice. Well, ouch. I mean, I I don't even like that when it's like among friends and no like you say something and then everyone just looks yeah. at you and they're like, oh it's rough. It's a bad feeling because you're so, you know what it is? It's the most, one of the most yeah, definitely. feelings. Like to say the thing that you thought was going to be funny or get a laugh and then it doesn't. And it's like, you're literally just there alone, naked with your feelings yep. that no one understands. You, you hit the nail on the head there. Ouch! Out. Yeah. That's brave. That's so brave. Oh, I feel that very hard. Oh. Well, we have two minutes left until we hit the hour mark on our yes. second episode of Space Trash. Do we think we should collect our thoughts and save oh. some for next time? I- I guess so. Did we really discuss the movie? <laughs> oh, gosh, the movie. Oh, no. <laughs> the Social yeah. Dilemma Part um, 2. I mean, I think we, we hit on it. Well, no, maybe, we, maybe there wasn't. Oh, you um, had notes. You had I notes. didn't have a lot of our notes. We, we kind of hit on stuff. Social approval. Like, what's the next thing I need to do? How likes can be addictive. We got them. Yeah, that's one. Do you know that they aren't even going to add the like button on Facebook? Oh, no, no. They did not. Remember in the movie, the Facebook executive says, we had no idea that putting a like button would become something that caused so much anxiety later on like they really thought it was to just be a nice guy like like the photo it was just a fun way to interact and now it's become like 
like the one the one scene that broke my heart was the yeah. little girl. I think she was like eleven or twelve, and she took like an hour. Oh, to that was perfect that was selfie. rough. And then she puts the selfie up, and of course, most people are like, "Looking good," blah blah blah, but inevitably somebody posts and says could your ears be any mm-hmm. bigger with like an emoji and then of an elephant that's the one that sticks with you and the girl just she pulls her hair over her ears and she goes in the bathroom and she's so her her whole self image is distorted in a way that happens to these kids over and over and over and you could see how it becomes you then start to feel that you don't know yourself unless it's validated by the outside comments, yeah. the outside validation. Right. Yeah. So give us a like right? on iTunes and Spotify. <laughs> Tell all your friends about space trash. <laughs> Do tell your friends about space trash. You can find us on Spotify for sure. We have to figure out iTunes. They have some sort of rating oh. threshold what? that we haven't reached Our yet. Hit... So we have to figure it out. Our hit I don't podcast? Know what it Do we have to join the Illuminati? Wait, you're they're not. They're viewing my application. They saw us on my previous post on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> They were like, you're all good up until around 2014. That Halloween costume was not. <laughs> yeah. I was, was, I was just the triangle eye. <laughs> not the Illuminati symbol. <laughs> I, think, I think so. Uh, but if you don't well, know, maybe I next week you. on Space Trash. Tune in next week to find out if Mark does in fact become a member of the Illuminati. Oh boy. Uh, all right. Let's I'm Mark Thackray. I'm Allison Marie Conway. And we're so glad you joined us for our discussion. Yes, thank you. We so look much. forward to we love next you. time. Yes. We love you. Do Wear that. a mask. Bye. Ciao. Ciao for now.